It is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Today, we review the week, we look at what we learned, and we figure out what's next for the Utah Jazz. Frankly, is there a home run out there for the Utah Jazz to hit? We look at it all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully make it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thanks very much for making us your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where the comment section is available for you. And the best thing you can do for the show is comment on whatever we're discussing and interact with others uh, to promote the show. And on our podcast, if you want to send put a little five-star review, that's absolutely great. We really appreciate it. Hope you're doing wonderfully today. Uh, happy Friday. Is there a home run to hit for the Utah Jazz in the offseason? That's really the question we're left with. Let's review what we kind of went through and learned this week and see where we sit on the Jazz. So the first discussion we had on Monday was whether or not the outlier was actually the season where the Jazz won 70% of the games. And I think this is actually the, the first aspect of things that you have to look at if you're Danny Ainge, Justin Zanuck, and the Jazz. And that is, like, where do we really sit? Who are we really? What is our talent level? You know, what is our roster? We're watching Jalen Brunson look really mundane all of a sudden. Okay, well, that should, like, tell us a little something about our roster. So did we, team chemistry-wise and and leadership-wise and maybe coaching, uh, underachieve what should have been a team that was winning 70% of their games and actually go and win only 50% of their games or 50, 60% of their games? Because that, that's the first question. I probably side that we're a 60% win team more than we're a 70% win team. If the league got hard, um, the league's gotten harder. Some of our players aged. Some of our players had career years. We hit the bubble, the COVID year perfectly. Our coaching staff did a heck of a job. A lot of things came together. But I even kind of go back that whole year and kind of knew, God, if we see the Clippers, we're in trouble. So, um, you know, a little bit of me on that one, I would evaluate this as, okay, we need to, we need to make some significant adjustments, not some minute adjustments. So if you believe, but if, but if you believe that, Hey, we, we just underachieved team chemistry got us. We have all the pieces that are right. We should have won 70% of the games. Then you're into a different evaluation. And that was the first part of the, the week. And, and, and any of us can fall wherever we want on this. The one thing I haven't really addressed this week, there's two items I haven't addressed this week. 
One is coaching, and the other is an evaluation of the Western Conference. And so the evaluation of the Western Conference and the coaching kind of play in here. The coaching is, do you feel as though in some way the team underperformed and that Quinn Snyder is either no longer good at what he does or no longer has a voice to the team? Those would be two questions you'd have to ask. Um, I'm generally going to go with eight-year body of work and look at seven years of where I think the team overachieves. I actually would argue um, this will this will fall on deaf ears. I actually feel pretty comfortable about this. I actually would argue that Quinn coaches so well in the regular season that we exceed our win value by a, or win level by a few games. And in turn, then when we get into the playoffs and other teams have not, and I actually think there's less coaching. There's more coaching in the regular season and less coaching in the playoffs. Playoffs become really talent driven, really matchup hunting. Uh, and I think that some of the prep shoot around preparation game day preparation, ability to get your team to take in a lot of information in a short period of time, be prepared and have a game plan night in and night out is a strength of this Utah Jazz coaching staff that I think is different than most coaching staffs. I think they run at a higher level in their game-to-game preparation than most teams in the league and turn win some games they wouldn't otherwise out of it. And then that you can't do that in the playoffs. Everyone's that prepared. And there's actually less coaching that's going on. You're not tricking anyone in the playoffs. You're not running a unique action at anyone in the playoffs. Once they've seen it, they've seen it. Um, and it really gets down to, as Luka Doncic found out the other day, just they're hunting you out and finding you on every possession. Um, you know, as Mike Conley, frankly, found out in the Dallas series. So I would actually argue in some ways that I think coaching – has more impact, and particularly at least for the Utah Jazz, has had more impact on the regular season than the postseason. And I would argue that coaching has a bigger impact in the regular season, at least for the Utah Jazz, than the than the postseason. And in turn, we've probably won three to five more games each year because of the um, fact that our coaches do it. The second one is an evaluation of the West. And this part goes back into like, well, where are we really as a franchise? Was the COVID year 70% win an outlier or are we really that level of team? And uh, the comment I have on that is, you know, let's look at it. So there's six spots that are playoff spots in the Western Conference. The first one is you look backwards and realize that Minnesota, who's coming with Ant and Carl Anthony Towns, and New Orleans, who seems to be coming with CJ and maybe Zion and Brandon Ingram, and the Clippers, who I think will be the favorite to win the NBA title when they're healthy, signed Robert Covington two years, and the Lakers, who just might be good because they're the Lakers, all four of those don't have a play in play top six spot. Now, there's no chance that four of Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, Dallas, Utah, and Denver are going to be replaced. I'm not in any circumstance saying the Jazz should run it back, but if the Jazz ran it back, I mean, I just, as you guys know, I just generally don't believe in running it back anyway. But if the Jazz ran it back somewhat similar, 
let's say with the four key cogs all the same of of Rudy, Donovan, Mike, and Boyan, where do you put us naturally place us in the West? Phoenix, Chris Paul will be aging. Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton will be pretty good. Ja Morant and Memphis with Jaron Jackson Jr. Golden State's going to have Steph, Draymond, and Clay for another year or two. Luka and Dallas. Jokic gets Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray back. And there's Utah. And then there's Minnesota, New Orleans, Clippers, and the Lakers. So if you're a doomsdayer and look at that and say, well, Mike's aging, Boyan's aging, our run's over. We don't have a chance to be in the top six in the West. We're at best a play-in team. We might be a bottom half play-in team. It'd be hard to understand how you're doing this because Rudy's won 50 games in any season he's ever played. Um, but let's say you are doing that. Um, then maybe maybe you're then then if you evaluate the West, you and you and you evaluate us badly, then you disband this thing, right? If that's your evaluation, is is the is that the West has gotten so good. COVID year was an outlier for us. We're actually getting worse. Then then you're into the school of let's go. Then you're actually willing to blow it up and you're blowing it up, understanding that when you blow it up, you actually end up with an empty lot with rubble. You can build it back. It's just really hard. It's a lot of excavation that has to happen if you blow it up. The So... That's kind of the first status of where we sit. Is your first evaluation was, where do you think, and the second evaluation, which we didn't talk about, is where do you see the West sitting? And how do we fit in that West? And then we get into a bunch of other things, which we'll we'll continue with, which is, how did other teams build their roster? And looking at where, what we can do next as a franchise um, as well. And, and kind of looking through the, through the week of, of what we may have discovered here with the, with the podcast. And what can we, you know, what can our front office do better? Again, back to the coaching, because I, I don't want it to be that I'm dismissing that. If you think we're the COVID team and that we're actually a 70% win team and that, Quinn has just simply lost his voice, and maybe that's all you need to change. If you believe what I believe, which is I think our coaching staff has given us three to five wins per regular season, then you're probably fiddling around. The other one, I'll, I'll tell you, here's you know where I kind of fall in some of this, and we can we can get into this in a second, and that de- deals with the leadership and the com- our series was the Jazz season. If you didn't join us all week, they're available. Jazz season review. Was was our first was our first one we looked at. Our second one we looked at was the offensive pivot, which we'll touch back on. The third one we looked at was leadership and camaraderie. So we'll touch on those two kind of again and parlay it into what we learned from the Bucks and the Suns, and then figure out if there's a next step for the Utah Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. The Murdochs have been in Utah for over 80 years. And very impressively during this COVID run said simply, we are not going to charge more than MSRP. We are not going to take advantage of people who've been with us forever and been a part of the community. So they're not doing it, which is awesome. If you're looking for an electric car and you don't want to pay the uh, running gamut of what the owner of Twitter makes you pay, check out the Ionic. 
Uh, I test drove it recently. It was really great. Uh, the Palisade is the King Poobah of the SUVs and just terrific. The Santa Fe, we own two of them, as well as I'm driving. I just switched from the Kona to the Sonata, and that is one special, special uh, sedan. That Sonata is just awesome. They have the Sonata Hybrid. They have the Sonata pl Plug-In Hybrid as well. Uh, check them all out. The Ionic 5, by the way, is the full-bore uh, electric car, which is nice right now. Uh, they're all at Murdoch Hyundai at 46, 46 South State Street. Today's show also brought to you by Built Bar. The granola Built Bars are out and available. A new experience from Built, 15 grams of protein. The granola, the chocolate coconut is left. The chocolate peanut butter and the white chocolate berry have sold out. I hope you jumped on them. Puffs are still available. The coconut marshmallow, the churro, the banana cream pie. Plus, with 100% real chocolate, 100% really delicious. There's all the regular flavors as well, which include 130 cal. All have the macros of 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, 4 sugars, 6 grams of fiber, and 17 grams of protein. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your entire order over at Built.com. Thanks very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen every day. By the way, I love Locked On Today. I hope you, I don't know if you've listened to it yet, but it is with hockey playoffs going on, which I kind of care about and want to know. With baseball started, I kind of care about and want to know what's going on. Uh, go check it all out. It is at it is Locked On Today, and it's a quick 30-minute run through. The final segment's fun. It's the best take of the day across the network. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans went bananas yesterday on Ryan Tannehill. So it's a really fun uh, show to put together. All right, so the next quick, quickly, I just want to run through these things quickly. The next thing we talked about was the offensive pivot and then camaraderie and leadership. So again, you know, did we go too far in the offensive pivot? And that one's super interesting to me because we actually figured out how to defend a little bit against Dallas. I'm not sure we would have been able to defend Phoenix. I'm not sure anyone can defend Phoenix. Phoenix can shoot 60% on mid-range shots. I actually think it's kind of over. Um, well, I don't think they can really do that forever. But all they have to do is do it at four out of every seven games, and they probably can do that. Um, so if, if in our offense shooting 27% from three, I actually think is a wild outlier. And the tricky thing to this is if you're pivoting back to the middle of the road, we're going to be some offense, some defense. What you're seeing in the playoffs, and we talked about this a lot around the trade deadline, if we'd gone and added one really good wing defender. Let's say we added Robert Covington, who I'm not sure if he's that good a wing defender, but let's just pretend he is for the sake of the conversation. He's on our minds because he just signed with the extension with the Clippers. If we'd signed Robert Covington and we had Robert Covington, we're either then playing Robert Covington and Royce O'Neal and Donovan Mitchell and Boyan Bogdanovich and Rudy Gobert, which might have been fine for some in a lot of people's mind. But then there's going after Donovan. Right, Dallas has good defenders at every position, except for Luca, and we watched Phoenix just go at Luca every possession, every possession, every possession the other night. And so the tricky thing here is, if you want to make this pivot, you really got to get to be like almost Dallas is as close as it gets with Bullock, Dinwiddie, Kleba. Dinwiddie's only okay. Bullock uh, and Phoenix Smith. Phoenix has got Crowder, Bridges, Booker's done a good job, CP3 and DeAndre Ayton. That's five pretty good defenders. Like You actually have to start having, you can't pivot it 
and just add a defender. That was my point the whole time during trade deadline. You can't add a defender. That player just gets switched off the off the floor. And so you can, you know, the chat room is, is you know, Royce is, did not have a good year and is continuing to be someone people are banging on. So you, you, you get, let's say you trade Royce and you add a better defender than Royce O'Neal. We're just switching Royce O'Neal off of the, whoever the new guy is off of Luka Doncic and switching Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, or someone else onto Luka Doncic if we're Dallas, if I'm Dallas. I'm just switching them onto Chris Paul or Devin Booker every possession. So if you're going to make that pivot, you got to go the whole way. That's what gets really tricky there. The second um, thing we talked about was leadership and camaraderie. And I do think there's that's where I would fall, that there has to be some massive roster reconstruction that gives everyone a brand new experience. And the first 30 games is this like disjointed mess as the group tries to figure out how they get along, what their who their leaders are, what they're doing. I don't know if it's a dominating big time leader that comes in that somehow, you know, overrides Donovan and Rudy and any issues they have. And I'll say it again. I've never seen these issues. You know, they've openly said, hey, we don't go to dinner together culturally. We're different. One's from France. One's from the U.S. Ironically enough, they're both wildly similar that both their fathers were um, great athletes who never made it all the way to the show for various reasons. Donovan's dad made it for the show professionally as he runs the Mets and community relations at this point um, and deserves, you know, that that's a like deserves that credit for being that, you know, the the Mets organization had a lot of players um, in it. And they chose this guy as the guy that out of their minor league system that they thought was such an impressive young man that they moved him into the front office. So I think that's, I think, you know, give him a lot. I don't want to diminish what that means, um, but it's, a, it's, a, you know, I haven't seen that. Like when you see them in the locker room, it's not as though they blow by each other when they interact with each other. They're fine. When we, they talk to each other on the court, there's nothing visible that there is this dispute, but I also would say, I don't think either of them have been very good as leaders. So if you're going to, do you have to bring in, a new dominating piece of this puzzle that becomes a leader. It's really what, when we looked at the Phoenix and Milwaukee rosters, that's what they did. Phoenix brought in a new dominating personality in Chris Paul. Milwaukee brought in Drew Holiday. I don't know the way that locker room works, but I'm guessing that Drew Holiday is a little, is a pretty dominant piece of that puzzle personality wise, while Giannis sets the standard with his just relentless work. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that's when you when you look at those two, that that gets to the home run. So where does this leave us? Because th- the question to me is, can the Jazz hit a home run? Is there a move that the Jazz can make without trading Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert that can be a home run? Because when we looked at Phoenix and Milwaukee. Phoenix built some of this through a draft with DeAndre Ayton, the number one pick, Cameron Johnson, a great pick by James Jones and Mikel Bridges. We don't have that access. Milwaukee did not build through the draft at this point in the process because they didn't have the access to the pick. We don't have picks. What they did not do, which was really, really interesting to me when we looked at Phoenix and Milwaukee, which neither of them did, was make the trade where you trade like Mike Conley to the, I'm making this up, but Mike Conley to the LA Clippers for Luke Kennard and... Terrence Mann and I don't know, I, I haven't pulled the trade machine to do 20 million, but you know, uh, and now I'm doing it really quickly. But you go look and so you trade Mike Conley's 21 million for Luke Kennard. 
Well, and Robert Covington would actually work after today. Uh, Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, or Reg and Reggie Jackson, and we throw in Rudy Gay. I don't know. Did that work? Um, yep, that works. And both teams lose wins. So that's pretty good by me. But right, so we suddenly, what we didn't see was this trade where you're moving like one piece for two other pieces, you're adding depth. That didn't seem to be the case. What you saw when you looked at how Phoenix and Milwaukee built after Phoenix's draft picks, which was different to them and Milwaukee was this ability to find players that had run their course on other rosters that were incredibly valuable to you, knowing your own roster and the home run, Chris Paul, Drew Holiday, home run. So is it possible for the Utah Jazz at this point to say, we're going to trade any combination of Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson, Royce O'Neal, Rudy Gay, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Adoke Azabuke. I think those are all of our trade. Jared Butler. And maybe some future draft picks for a home run. We'll see what we find as we continue on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Today's show, as we mentioned, was, uh, by the way, I, I mentioned Lockdown today. I also want to mention uh, Lockdown NBA Big Board is now a five-day week show. Chad Ford has retired, does great work. And we have now uh, taken that to a five-day week show uh, with some interesting young guns, a few of them out of Utah, along with the rising star Rafael Barlow. So if you're a draft nut, uh, that's a good one for you. Also, a bunch of our talents doing amazing draft shows if you're a draft nut. Brad Roll on the Hawks does amazing stuff. Tony East. Uh, over at Lockdown Pacers, does amazing stuff. Today's show is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, the Kentucky Derby's here this weekend. If you're going to get involved, go check it out at betonline.net. Find all the latest sports development league reviews and news, including basketball playoffs, major baseball, and this week's run for the Roses. Lockdown today, by the way, has an interesting little snippet on uh, the Derby. If you want to check it out, Bet Online is continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, playoff esports. And more, it's bet online where the game begins. If you want to get in on the NBA action this weekend, here is what we have for the odds for the four NBA games that are coming. The Warriors are back at home against Memphis. And I believe we're a six-point favorite, but don't hold me to that because right now it's not coming up for me. So I am not, I'm going to pause and pivot unless I can find this really quickly for you. No NBA games are up on my board for some reason right now. All right, that is bet online where the game begins. So is there a grand slam? In Atlanta, I don't think there is, unless you think John Collins is that grand slam. Would Atlanta want to get off John Collins' five-year, $23 million deal? They would not want Mike Conley. They have Trey Young. But you, he's only making $23 million. You could do this in a bunch of different forms. Is John Collins a grand slam or just a home run? Secondary rim defender, young talent, pretty productive, mightily stretches the floor. Just a thought. Boston, I don't think they're, at this point, when they're about to win a title, going to move any of their guys. I saw somebody in the chat room wanting Jalen Brown. Would you go after Ben Simmons? 33 million four-year contract, add him to the mix. We'd have two non-shooters on the floor. Is Terry Rozier a grand slam? Former Danny Ainge pick, 
17 million shooting guard. You're small in the backcourt, but it's another bona fide shooter. Is there anyone in Charlotte that makes it a grand slam? Is Zach Levine as a free agent a grand slam? Came off knee injury a lot late in this year. Struggled in that. Could you do a sign and trade that Chicago would be interested in in your grand slam? Is Colin Sexton, another small diminutive guard who's available, probably in a sign and trade? Is he a grand slam? Is Jeremy Grant a grand slam? Is Malcolm Brogdon a grand slam? Remember, Drew Holiday was not an all-star. Chris Paul was thought to be old. It's not always, like, is there is there a grand slam there? Uh, you know, ironically enough, I don't think you could do R.J. Barrett without doing um, uh, Donovan Mitchell, but just, you know, a thought. I don't think there's a grand slam in Orlando. I fly by them. I don't think there's one unless... Do you think Tobias Harris with three, two years left at 35 million is a grand slam? That's what I, I really wanted originally. Gives you a little bit more length. That one could probably get done. There's They probably want off some money. We would have less money on our deals. Like there's a possibility there. Is that a grand slam? Is there anything you can do in Toronto without trading one of the big our big guns? I probably doubt it. Unless they want off Pascal Siakam's $33 million, but they're pretty good unless they have some plan there um, in regards. So that's when you start to look around. Is there a grand slam? Uh, I wouldn't play around with this, but if we're just shooting for the moon, do you do anything with Chris Stapps Przingis' $31 million and put Chris Stapps Przingis and Rudy Gobert on the floor together? Ha! Score on us now. They need a point guard pretty badly. Um they don't have a point guard. Howell Neto was their point guard last year. He's a free agent. They did Thomas Sadoransky's a free agent. They desperately need a point guard. Do you would you? I'm making this up as we go along. Would you pull off a Mike Conley Royce O'Neal for Chris Dapps Przingis? A Mike Conley Jordan Clarkson for Chris Dapps Przingis? Both those would work money wise. Do you want there's a lot that comes with Chris Dapps Przingis? It spreads the floor, it gives you two centers. It's pretty interesting, actually. Like, that's shooting the moon. That one has me, like, wildly intrigued here. I don't think that could work. But Chris Epps is basically a 7-4 shooting guard who would be a secondary rim defender. Anybody with me on this? I, like, have said numerous times that the reason Dallas got better after the trade is because of the fact they traded two good players for one bad one, and that's how they pulled it off. It's interesting to me, just quickly on the chat room, uh, Frank's not playing along. He's trading Rudy. Uh, He wants to do Malcolm Brogdon and Turner for Rudy. Uh, We can discuss the Rudy-Donovan deals at some point. Jeremy Grant would be a grand slam from Tyler. That's interesting to me. Jeremy Grant was supposed to be going to... Portland, and they lost their draft pick. That was like the most done deal in the world. Um, I'll tell you what. I don't know if this this might be like someone's listening who knows the NBA and is like listening to me saying this is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. I kind of agree that it's the stupidest idea, and then it's just so bizarre. It it makes me almost like wonder. I mean, I wish Chris Dapps could shoot it is really what I wish. Like the problem is that Przingis' shooting is not 30 
39% from three. It's 31% from three. And that's really the problem. If Chris Debs was a 38% three-point shooter, I actually think you could do something at 7-3 and 7-2 and sure people would spread you out. And you're just, I mean, you're just playing a basic two seven-footer zone. You always have a 7-3 guy on the floor. I don't think it's the worst idea I've ever heard. We're in semi-desperate times to try to figure out how to bust this thing through. Be pretty interesting. Now, could either of them play if you spread out the floor and are just driving? But if you have both of them on the floor, when you spread out the floor and drive, when you get by one of them, the other one's there. And then you're rotating out of it. I don't know. Someone's listening is going to tell me it's the stupidest thing they've ever heard, but it actually makes for the whole show that I should stop right here instead of walking through the Western Conference, which we'll do very quickly. But that, to me, there's some there's some interest there. That was our Eastern Conference run through possible home runs. The West is going to be harder to go get a home run because Dallas, Denver, Golden State, unless you think Andrew Wiggins is, aren't trading any of them. Clippers aren't trading their guys. Clippers are, you're trading them Mike Conley because they desperately need a point guard. You're taking back Reggie Jackson and some other player, and you think you get better that way. Russell Westbrook? You willing to do Russell Westbrook to try to bust this thing through? My answer on that's generally no. But Chris Depps has been about as inefficient on points gained at times as Russell Westbrook has been. Russell Westbrook plays hard. Phoenix, Portland, everybody wants Dame. You could have two of the least good on-ball defending guards in the league. I mean, here's the one is if Portland just wants off Dame, can you get Portland to do Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich, for Dame, and a bunch of draft picks for Damian Lillard? And then we come out with Donovan, Dame, and Rudy. People are going crazy for that idea. I actually think he might win more with Chris Epps. I doubt it. Dame's good. But you're you're stuck with Dame with Innis extension and things like that. All right, that is locked on jazz for today. Is that a that was a big swing? I'm gonna float that one around a little bit. What was it? Does anybody remember what I came up with? That was that was that was insanity. What is it? It's Chris Dapps for Zingas for Mike Conley. So Donovan becomes your point guard. And Royce O'Neal? Yeah. The Wizards get eight wins better, by the way, and the Jazz lose four games. That's why I should never be allowed to be a GM. Have a good one. It is Locked on Jazz. Thanks for tuning in.